Hey listeners, this is Chuck. Thank you so much for tuning in to my brand new podcast, Let's Just Talk About It. It's geared toward giving individuals an opportunity to share their stories. But hold up, wait, what better way to kick this platform off than by telling my own story? So if you stick around, I want to give you a short synopsis of my life so that you can know the man behind the microphone of Let's Just Talk About It. So hold up, don't touch that dial. Don't go to another podcast. I'll be right back. Thank you so much for staying tuned in. As I stated before, I wanted to share a little bit of my own story first so that you can get to know the person behind the microphone. So I thought about it. How would I tell a piece of my story in such a way that would keep my listeners' attention? So if you're anything like me, I love movies that get straight to the action. So that's exactly what I'm going to do is jump right into the action. So here goes. I grew up in a place called Cavalier Manor. A section of Portsmouth, Virginia, where growing up wasn't bad. I actually had fun as a kid, but my setback came around 1992 when I decided to drop out of high school for no other reason than I thought I was grown and was smart enough to handle life with no education. Wrong move. But I got a job working in the kitchen at a nursing home. But while I was there, I started sniffing heroin like every day not knowing that I was developing what's called the habit, that my body was starting to depend on what I was using to get high, that what started out being fun quickly turned into a drug addiction where I couldn't function without it. I had this 1992 four-door Geo Prism that I used during my breaks at work to go get a bag of dope for $10 just to make it through the day. So as you can imagine, mornings became more and more tough to get out of bed. So if you ever use Heron, you know what I'm talking about. It's no joke. But I finally quit that job before they fired me because I kept missing time at work. But my cousin got me a job working with him at a hardware store around 1994, which was another bad move because the store was directly across the street from the projects. Because in those days, the projects was one of the major spots you could find heroin in. So now I got easy access to what I needed to make it through the day. All I had to do is walk directly across the street. And because the hardware store was independently owned, they had no problem with giving you a portion of your paycheck throughout the week. So by Friday, I was already asking for money for my next paycheck. Crazy, right? In the meantime, I met this girl around early part of the year 1995. She lived in the city where I was from. She had three young boys and eventually we moved in together. But guess what? Another bad decision because the thing was is that she was also using heroin. And two people struggling with the same thing under the same roof equals major problems. Because now, instead of hustling up money for just one, now I had to do it for two people. And in the midst of all that, I lost my job at that hardware store because my only means of transportation got impounded. Yep, that 1992 Geo Prism. And I never got it back. So now I have a drug addiction. No job, no money, and a crazy relationship. So every day, I'm scrambling for two people to get high until around the end of 1995 when I met this guy who introduced me to robbing, yep, robbing, to put money in my pocket. This guy provided the gun and the locations to hit. So now, here I am doing crazy stuff to feed a monster 
called addiction. But on February the 12th, 1996, it would be the last time I would ever hold a gun or see the streets for a while because me and my co-defendant, may he rest in peace, got caught by the police as we were trying to get away from an attempted robbery. And it landed us both on the seventh floor of a city jail better known as 811. Now, I had a drug addiction, no job, no money, and now incarcerated with no bond. I thought it was over for me because not only do you hurt yourself, but you also hurt the ones who really love you. So there I was lying on the mat of the cold jail floor around people I didn't even know. But the next day, on February the 13th, as I was laying there trying to cope with my body going through these withdrawals, this older gentleman that was a visiting preacher who came to pray with the men on certain nights pointed at me through the cell bars and asked me, did I want to be saved? And without thinking, y'all, I said yes. And out of all the bad choices I ever made in life, I finally made the right one. Because from that day forward, after I said yes to the Lord, I can honestly say I never look back because I've been clean now for almost 26 years. However, making a choice to commit a crime didn't come without a cost because the judge sentenced me in the same year to eight years in prison. And in those years, I went to prisons in Virginia like Deerfield, Camp 25, Lawrenceville, St. Bride's and Camp 4. But while I was all those places, I grew as a man. I became more appreciative of life. I realized that you only get one, and once it's gone, that's it. So after seven years or eight months of my eight-year sentence, I came home in 2003 to my family. And 20 years later, by the grace of God, I'm still here. And hey, you may have a son or a daughter or other family member that's going down the same road I did. So feel free to share my story. That's why it's here. Again, thank you so much for listening to my story. You want to stay tuned in because more interviews and more stories are coming soon. So you want to stay tuned. And remember, don't hold it in. Let's just talk about it. Take care. Peace.